so here we go then everybody. Welcome to a special Kings of Anglia flagship show here in Austria, in Innsbruck. Um, a mountain behind us. Of course, the podcast is proudly sponsored by Ginger Pickle and Manscaped. Shout out to them. Uh, I'm joined by Alex Jones, um, who has been my companion for this trip. The Young Guns on tour, Austria 2.0. Um, Alex, um, it's a pleasure to be joined by you um, in Austria once again. Uh, second trip here, recording the podcast out in Innsbruck, mountain behind us, as I said before. How's things? Yeah, thank you very much. I was a little bit worried when you turned around and you pointed at me. You said there's a mountain, and I was thinking... Mountain I, man. I, I am about 5'6". It's a little bit ambitious. Um, yeah, this has been a great trip. I've loved this. It's nice to be able to sit out in Austria and not roast to death. Yes. I think... It, I was thinking it was going to be jacket weather this morning, and we've come out here. There's a nice little bit of sunshine that's just come out. You've gone with your jacket and your shorts, as always. And you know what? I, I like this. This is this has been a lot of fun. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, I've enjoyed it as well, my friend. And of course, um, I'm sure people are listening to this on audio, but you can watch it on video and you can see the lovely scenery, scenery that we have in the background. Of course, we've got the mountains, we've got cars going up and down, people walking about enjoying this Saturday morning. This is Saturday morning currently. Um, we've got to run back to the hotel after this to check out and all that jazz. Um, but we just had breakfast. Uh, and we'll talk about just the tour in general, the towers of the tour, the games. Um, of course, you already know this. Town have won the Innsbruck Cup. Uh, we're going to get onto that shortly. But then um, let's talk, Alex, about the few days we've been here. We, we've travelled on Thursday um, and then we're leaving today, of course, Saturday. Um, but what's your main takeaway from the tour as a whole? And we'll go on to different bits. Uh, nice to actually be able to stop over and like actually see things. For those of you who followed our trip to Vienna, I think we saw maybe about 10 minutes of the city centre when we went through on in the cab. And other than that, it was the big chair, it was the Ikea, the shopping centre and the stadium. And then we went back to the hotel and then got another airport to... Uh, another airport? Another cab to the airport. Oh, God, it's been a long trip already. Um, the scenery stands out. I think that we spent most of the kind of opening a uh, little while when we got here just... Um, taking photos and videos and looking oh look big mountain we're situated right underneath the alps here if you're on the video you can see where i'm pointing it's just incredible uh for those of you who have seen the photos on social media as well uh we're sat actually next to what i believe is the ice rink here um somewhere behind us you've got the olympic rings they've held the the olympics here uh and next to that is the stadium which was a nice 15 minute walk down from where uh, we've been staying, so that was good, um, and that was really fantastic because you again you're sat in the press box or even when you're in the stands and you're just sandwiched either side. So you've got the mountains here, and on the other side you've got the forest, yeah. and it's just the most picturesque stadium you could possibly imagine. Which is going to be really interesting when we uh, go to places. Well, Stadium of Light next week and won't probably be quite like this, no. I would imagine. Uh, or going to places like, I don't know, Hull and Coventry, unfortunately aren't quite blessed. Even Portman Road, unfortunately, doesn't quite have the Alps next to it. So uh, it's been a very different experience. It's been nice to do maybe what we wanted to do in Vienna a bit more, go and have some food, go and actually see the centre, get on the trams just about. That was fun. Um, And actually spend time here. That was pretty nice, yeah. Yeah, that's what's good just to explore a city that you we probably 
it's probably not my list to go Innsbruck um, but that's the, the joy of this job you know get an opportunity to travel to Austria now twice in the same month which yeah. is just mad I think um, and of course shout out to all the fans who have gone to both games because um, you know once again this was sort of organised very last minute um, but it's one of those things and we were able to come and of course cover it I hope you've enjoyed the coverage um, and of course we'll get onto the game shortly but let's talk about some more moments during this tour um, let's talk about the food because we have tried some Austrian food we have tried some breakfast as well um, we've gone to the same place twice for breakfast I think we just we looked at our hotel and there was breakfast at hotel but I thought let's explore didn't we Alex let's explore um, we explored yesterday had breakfast um, at a really good um, little cafe they had uh, ham and eggs um, so very typical you know Brits just go yeah that, that looks good ham and eggs eggs yeah um, and of course we had, eggs. yeah nice little pastry um, and then this morning we're like should we mix it up and we went now nah, let's go to the same place but um, yeah we're, we're basically right now we're going to put up some pictures so for video um, people you'll enjoy the pictures audio go to the video and you can see uh, the great um, pictures that we got from the scenery so they'll be popping up right now um, but yeah the stadium let's talk about that because we've, we've mentioned it on all the other videos we've done but to cover the football in a, a European stadium again was just a great experience yeah, I think it really settled in when I sat in the press box with my little schnitzel roll. Yeah. Sat there next to, I think it was like three or four German uh, journalists. And then behind us, we had like we had the, the town team behind us in terms of the media team. And then yeah, I think Leipzig had about 50-odd people that travelled with yeah. them. Werder Bremen, uh, I think, took about four. Yeah. So it was uh, a very strange experience where you're just kind of sandwiched in between a lot of German and German's quite a distinctive, harsh, guttural language. So it can get a little bit overwhelming when you're sat in the press box, especially for when Werder Bremen were playing. Um, there's a lovely clip I put up on Twitter where they have a fan <laughs> who literally went right up to one of the stairs by the press box. It's fairly central in the stand that Werder Bremen had for the uh, for the two games that they played, and he just started getting the two sides going, getting one side to sing, getting the other side to sing. Um, and being kind of encompassed by noise was not really what I expected from a pre-season game. Um, and it was like the proper German chants as well, so that was unique. Um, yeah, different experience. No ashtrays this time, oh. unfortunately. Obviously, those of you who uh, followed the Vienna trip would have seen they had an ashtray in the, uh, in the stadium at Flyer Alarm Admira. So that was um, something that we had to mention on the, the post-Vienna pod. Unfortunately, none here, but nonetheless, I think generic FIFA stadium again to an extent. But better scenery. Better scenery. Yeah. Um, I think there are some grounds like this that you kind of notice, like the, they kind of pop up on Twitter. A lot of people mention them. Um, I think Braga's stadium in Portugal, for example, is kind of built with cliffs either side of it, something like that, and they've got one stand behind the goal I believe which isn't even a stand it's just an open bit like Oxford but instead of a car park it's like a nice mountainous cliff yes. which probably helps the ball come back a little bit more rather than like hitting uh, a, a Ford Fiesta or something instead <laughs> um, yeah unique different to what we'll be doing over the next few uh, weeks and months but not really anything that I've done before as a journalist anything like this I know you've been over to uh, to Germany for pre-season. Vienna wasn't quite the same as this. We didn't get to make the most of it like this. This has been a lot of fun. The stadium was really unique. Yeah, really great. Yeah, um, like I said, go and watch game day, go and watch all our other video content. We've got a behind the scenes videos to, to sort of 
give you a taste of what we were up to during the trip. And we'll bring you some towels on a tour shortly. But let's get right into it because town have won a trophy, the Innsbruck Cup. Um, add that to the uh, the trophy list and all that, the honours list. Um, but yeah, RB Leipzig and Werder Bremen were the teams, two very big Bundesliga's teams. Um, you know, RB Leipzig, Champions League team. Um, let's talk about the first game then. Um, of course, two games uh, for town, 60-minute games, of course. Um, first one, town won one nil against RB Leipzig. Georgie Hurst, as the announcer was calling him, scored the goal. Great header. Um, but yeah, how, how would you reflect on that game as a whole and we'll get into some of the key moments from that in a sec yeah we had Georgie Hurst we had Sammy Morsey which maybe is a bit more it's actually his name more, isn't it? yeah but you don't really go with that necessarily no. do you you do say Sam Morsey yeah. but I, I don't necessarily think that the commentator picked up ah yes I know that we call him Sammy Morsey yeah. that's fine Georgie Hurst was definitely my favourite one um, that was a brilliant game anyone who's watched that on stream uh, following the coverage um, who was at the stadium it was just so much fun. I think when the team news came out, most people looked at it and thought, OK, no Timo Werner, fine. And then looked a little bit kind of across the players that were put out and thought, oh, OK, that's not great. Because the verdict that I kind of had myself and a lot of people I saw had on Twitter was, ah, OK, Town are going to get in for a pasting here. These are... Um, Champions League level players, you know, minus one or two who maybe were kind of through the youth ranks, as I mentioned in a couple of the videos. There are some who had started and signed for Leipzig when they were in the second tier, had won promotion, and the kind of stayed since then kind of developed to also become Champions League level players. Uh, the likes of Yusuf Poulsen, the likes of Emil Forsberg, for example, lots of um, established names, Kevin Campbell, someone who's played throughout the Bundesliga before. Uh, and there was a definite fear that it could turn out quite bad and it never really materialised at all it was a very strange game in the sense that Leipzig did dominate they were they were on the ball and they were getting into the final third and every time they did it just kind of fell flat um, Town on the other hand I feel were relying on counters, yeah. they defended really well the defending is definitely something that we have to to pick up on and there'll, there'll be a bit that we'll, we'll mention on yes. that with a particular player as well uh, they were working on the counter. I think Amari Hutchinson, when Town have games where they, they're not going to have that much possession and they need a little bit of speed, a little bit of energy, he's the one who's really good at bringing the ball forward. Uh, he can start through the middle, he can play out. Well, he was on the left for this game, but he wasn't really on the left. He was drifting to each flank. He really caused some problems in the first half even. He didn't really touch the ball that much, but he didn't need to because... At the end of the day, the defensive line were dealing with it, and when he had the ball, he was doing everything he could with it. Um, the counter-attacking game worked really well. I think that maybe some of the players felt that it was quite a big game in the sense of you're trying to make an impression against the Champions League-level side. Uh, and you could just see when they were getting into the final third, where Leipzig did that, and they kind of didn't. They just kind of gave up. They didn't really know what to do. Town got there and just panicked. And you panic against a side like this when you're in the final third. They're just going to swarm you. They're yeah. going to swamp you. And you're not going to have any breathing room to move. And they'll, they'll win the ball back and they'll press you and they'll, they'll put it forward again. That was really the tale of the first half of this game. And then it changes a bit in the second half where I felt the town were making more chance and they were having more time on the ball. They just looked to be enjoying themselves a little bit. Again, I think it was... It was still a very good performance in the first half. It was an exceptional performance, especially defensively. Um, 
Leipzig did try and turn the screw and it didn't really work. Town managed to up the level again, which I thought was really impressive because a lot of times if a top team does that, if they're playing at a high level already and they up it again, you're just going to crumble. Town didn't do that and they just really just sucked it all up, which I thought was really impressive. And then the goal, does it come from nothing harsh against the run of play? Maybe a little bit less harsh. It, it, it was at a point probably where I was looking at it thinking this is destined for yeah. a nil-nil. But Leif Davis has crossed oh. absolutely Peach. exceptional cross from the left flank. He struggled a bit earlier in the game, but I think Leipzig just gave him too much space. He's obviously a player that he, we know McKenna's system. He wants to play almost as a left winger. Yeah. He's been playing online with Hurst for a lot of the uh, on, on the same line as Hurst for, for a long time throughout this preseason. So to see him pop up there was no surprise we all know what his delivery is like we all know what his assists are like we know the numbers this was an absolute belter the header's fantastic off the crossbar uh, as off well off the crossbar beats Josko Gradiol obviously linked with Manchester City <laughs> to become the world's most expensive defender beaten in the air by George Hurst header comes George Hurst Georgie Hurst header comes off the crossbar cannons over the line um, I think the town fans who actually celebrated that goal less so with the the Brave Norwich will get onto, but with the Leipzig one, yeah. it was similar celebrations as to what you'd expect from a league game. Yeah, yeah. If there were like a large number of fans, I think there generally would have been a oh. real proper celebration for this goal because it was just this explosion of noise I didn't really expect, especially because they had the Leipzig fans next to them, Werder Bremen opposite, and Leipzig had this annoying snare drum. Yeah, doom, I, doom, I, I actually saw that guy. I walked past him a few times. And I swear he decided to start drumming it when I was walking past him. I was like, <laughs> I don't mind drums, but not right in my eardrums. But yeah. Um, but let's. Um, I want to mention a big shout out to Innsbruck, who um, who sort of organised this trip. It was, of course, last minute, of course, in terms of being announced. But I think how it was sort of set up was pretty good, in my opinion. Because mm. uh, when we scored, they actually played a town song, which I thought was brilliant. I was not expecting that to out of nowhere here. I think it was singing the blues, yeah. and I thought that was just brilliant. Um, and of course, you had the scoreboard as well. Of course, when we won the game, town were top with three points. Um, but yeah. They, <laughs> just well organised and of course you had the trophy you had other bits and bobs which is great um, let's talk more about the Leipzig game in terms of standout players let's get right into Alcan Baggett because um, he's probably maybe I wouldn't say it's a bit harsh maybe in terms of he's had a tough start to pre-season but today uh, against Leipzig he was probably a standout performer in that first half and just in the game as a whole yeah it has been tough for him he's known that the plan is for him to go out on loan I think from the start and at that point are you maybe playing to put yourself in the shop window to get a, a good move? Are you in a position where you're thinking, well, I'm, I'm here for pre-season, but I'm not going to be here. Do I need to put in that much effort? I think there's a lot of different things that go into a player's head when they're put into that position. And it was always going to be tough for Baggett to kind of find the right mindset to play at his best, necessarily. I don't also think it helped when he was playing next to George Edmondson. Nothing wrong with George Edmondson at all I think it could be a fine partnership but having just come back from injury and looking shaky himself it was very much a, a backup back two uh, in that situation and that was always going to be really really difficult for him this was a very different situation I think a lot of us were surprised to see him come in for the Leipzig game especially when he was partnering Luke Wolfenden because the expectation obviously it's going to be it's going to be Burgess and Wolfenden at the back as the, the starting two at least to start the season with about 85 other centre-backs linked at the moment. Most players under the sun who were reported targets for town in terms of centre-backs. So um, I was surprised to see that because I would imagine that Burgess will start against Sunderland. 
and I was thinking, okay, that's going to be interesting. He struggled here. He struggled a lot against Stevenage, I think it was, where he played with Edmondson. Yeah. Um, Edmondson yeah. really found it tough in that game. Again, just needs to get his confidence back. Needs to work his way back to full fitness. Um, but it didn't work out like that at all. I didn't think he had that much to do in the early stages, to be honest. But when Leipzig started turning the screw more towards half-time, definitely in the second half, he was being called on for everything. Yeah. There was a headers, lot, yeah, yeah, there was a lot of set pieces. Um, there, it ended up getting quite fiery. We'll touch on another moment at the end <laughs> yeah. with, with that one. It got quite fiery. Uh, Town definitely getting stuck into this game yes. is the best way I can say it. Um, and obviously, Leipzig have very good players with dead ball situations where they can get um, crosses into the box with pace every single time who's on it Elkan Bagger Elkan Bagger every time there was a hundred million pound centre back <laughs> on the pitch for this or at least someone who is supposedly going to be touted yeah. as leaving RB Leipzig for a hundred million and it was not you, if you watched that you would not have thought it was Josko Gradiol you would have thought it was Elkan Bagger yeah. he was clearing everything out it was a really fantastic moment where uh, Fabio Carvalho on loan from Liverpool tries to break down the right. He's got loads of space to work with. It looks like a great chance on the counter. And you're thinking, OK, this is going to be where they're going to start to open up space. In comes Bagger. It doesn't even need to slide in or do anything reckless. Just steps in, foot in front, little barge, not, not anything too physical. Just eases him out of the way. Turns around, clears. It, it was so calm and so composed. And... For a player that I thought maybe would have been lacking a little bit of confidence, I think I'd describe him on Twitter as the Indonesian, the Indonesian Maldini. Anyone? Yeah. That's that's the kind of performance he put in here. To do that in general against any kind of team, really good. To do that against an RB Leipzig side full of absolute quality, really well done. And maybe it will give Kieran McKenna something to think about uh, in terms of whether he could stay around or, or whether a loan could be worth it or what level he goes to as well because obviously he didn't get to play too much yeah. when uh, he was at Cheltenham he needs regular game time I'd say to be honest could he stay? definitely I think that there is definitely a level to find for him though and for him to play regularly that will be what takes him to the next step that will be what gives him a career at town as well to help him develop yeah, watch his space and ladies and gentlemen on Alcum. But yeah, shout out to him for a great performance. Um, let's talk about some, some more moments from the game. Um, we'll get on to the particular moment in a sec, but I want to talk about Amari Hutchinson again. We spoke about him loads of times on this, but there was one moment where I just thought it would have been probably the goal of the day. Because George Hurst's header was great, and of course Greg Lee scored another game, which we'll get on to. But he had so many, oh, he had an opportunity. He was running out of defence, and he just he took too long, didn't he, to yeah. shoot? Um, he, he just basically burst into the box, did some skill, and he just oh, he just he should have scored. Mm. I think it came from a Leipzig corner actually, which yep. Town again. All these kind of corners and set pieces so easily dealt with. Um, it's cleared really well. Comes out to I can't remember who plays the ball initially, but it's a nice through ball that gets played over to Hutchinson. Everyone's obviously forward for Leipzig at this point because A, I don't think they expect Town to clear it so easily and B, they want to equalise it and get back into the game. But it's, it's cleared easily, it's played forward to Hutchinson, he's got the entire half to run basically. He's fast, he's maybe faster than you expect. He rushes through and he goes one-on-one -on -one with the goalkeeper and you're just thinking, slide it in. Yeah. You don't need to do anything. He cuts on to his right for the first time, obviously to then line it up for the left shot. And you're thinking, okay, fine, 
I think we've seen goals like that. Um, was it Raheem Sterling off the top of my head against Manchester City, something like that, where he does a couple of turns, sits down the defender and scores. You're thinking, OK, fair enough, do it once. He does it again, you're thinking, oh, no. Because at that point, he's on to his right with the shot. I'm thinking he, he's not really right yeah. footed enough to do that. And of course, defenders got back at that point mm. as well. Yeah. So then when he cuts it back again to go on to his left, everyone's got back. The goalkeeper's forced him wide. He has to just take it round to the left flank, to the left side of the box. He takes the shot off, smacks it straight to the goalkeeper, and it's a wasted opportunity. A really frustrating one. And we saw the two sides of Amari Hutchinson in this game. Yeah. I thought that in the first half, even in the second half, to be honest, when it got a little bit slower at times, he was really good on the ball. He was taking players on, which, again, takes a lot of cojones to go and do that against uh, players of this level. He was taking them on. He looked confident. He looked bright. He had a lot of skills in his locker. He's a fast player. He's energetic. Um, he's not maybe as purely left-footed as you expect. I think he's definitely putting that one to bed a little bit more. Definitely is his preference, but he's getting better in that aspect. But there is another side to it, which is maybe, while he did show a lot of maturity throughout that game, there are areas where mentally he needs to know, right, I need to pull the trigger, I yeah. can't, you know just play around here it needs to go in the back of the net if he does that in the championship in the game the town need to win and he does that right at the death it would be a total disaster yeah. <laughs> so that's maybe a side to it i'd say we know that he has the quality we know that when he puts his mind to it as he did for almost the entire game he can be absolute quality he can be one of if not the best player on the pitch he does when he's on the ball there is a sense of excitement and there's a feeling that he is the, the outlet and he's the best player that Town have to bring ball, to bring the ball forward, set players up to create chances, to score chances. But if he's going to be that guy, he's also going to need to be the one who's relied upon, like Chaplin was yeah. last year. If Chaplin was in that situation, you would have said nine times out of ten, he would have slotted that probably first time yeah. into the back of the net. And that's now where Hutchinson has to learn that's what he has to do. Yeah. He has to just make sure that in the moment when it's a split decision like that you, you do the right thing it's, it's a hard thing to do and it's hard especially for such a young player but I know that he will be able to get to that level for sure definitely someone I'm very excited but I think I'll be frustrated with him a few times as well but uh, we shall see how he does in the championship um, let's talk then about the final moment in the Leipzig game and uh, friendly is in the name but not for Sam Morsey you've probably seen the clip online um, of course Sam Morsey just he wants to win doesn't he and he's won the Innsbruck Cup so he's got that but um, there, there's a clip of him going in for a tackle yeah, um, yeah talk about it yeah I think it's on Haidara who's obviously quite a big name within German football he's played in uh, a few different levels I think he was linked with a move to Liverpool a little while back brings the ball forward down the left Sam Morsey as we've seen him do a few times goes straight in Studs up, two-footer, wipes him out. Uh, I think that was his third yellow card of pre-season off the top of my head. I didn't know you could get a yellow card in friendlies, but apparently yeah. you can. Of course, the referee's there, because if you didn't have yellow cards, there's no point having refs. Yeah. But yeah, it was just yeah to see a yellow card. I think even there was one game. I think it was actually um, Javier Simmons um, for Leipzig in the other game against Werder Bremen. He got yellow carded as well, so it wasn't just town players getting yellow carded. Yeah. The, uh, I mean, I guess we'll get we'll touch on the second game very, very briefly. In it a ended nil-nil. It ended nil-nil. We can talk about it a little bit now. It was a very strange one in the sense that there were probably about two or three very blatant penalty decisions yes. in this game. And the referee every time just went, no, up. Um, it was slightly odd. 
it was a very weird atmosphere as well. Like Leipzig's travelling fans were just a very strange contrast to what we saw <laughs> with the probably maybe two or three hundred of Werder Bremen who yeah. travelled on the press box side as well. And the game was largely pretty dreadful. Um, Timo Werner had a nice chance, didn't really take it. Xavi Simmons was a player who just got frustrated a lot. I thought I was kind of hoping to see a little bit more of him because obviously he's a really exciting player. Um, we, I don't think we even really knew who was playing in this game. There are some faces you could recognise, others I think we didn't really know until we saw the yeah. team sheet when we got to the end of the whole afternoon. We saw it lying around. Like, oh, yeah, it was him, yeah. Because <laughs> um, um, you yeah. saw your, your boy, or your former Millwall oh, boy, yes. Oliver yeah, Burke, yeah. of course. Mm-hmm. Um, We'll get onto, of course, town because he played against town, of course. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that game, we we both weren't really watching it well because we, you're busy doing your stuff. I was busy running around doing bits and bobs, um, and yeah, it ended goalless. And that mean town basically needed to they could draw or if they win, they've won it. Um, so that was it. But yeah, that was a bit disappointing. There's a few times when I was watching that game. I think both teams had like one-on-one chances with a goalie, but once again, their strikers couldn't finish. And you just think, come on. You know, get this out of your way in, in friendlies, but in proper league games, you've got to be finishing those. Yeah. Um, but yeah, shout out to the Bremen fans. They were very friendly. Uh, they actually, one of the Bremen fans actually hold my camera when I was doing the fan um, interviews after the game. And luckily, the fan I was talking to, the town fan, he was able to speak German, so he was able to talk to him and go, could you hold this camera? Because if it was me, just go, hello, my soft accent, hello, but can you hold this? And he'll go, he'll just like go, what? What are you talking about? Um, but yeah, let's let's segue into the next game because yeah. not much actually happened in that second game, really. Um, but yeah, the league table saw Town with three points, uh, Leipzig and Werner Bremen with one point. Um, of course, the games were really quick turnarounds. I always thought they were going to be more, like, I don't know, like 10, 15 minutes of a little pause, but there was actually, when the players went off, straight away the next team were on. And that was great in terms of how it was organised. I wasn't expecting that to be that quickly. Um, but yeah main takeaway um, and we'll get onto some notes from the game against uh, World of Bremen of course we drew 1-1 um, of course they took the lead yeah this was a game where again when the teams came out you could probably see a little bit of a divide in Towns teams there was the, the, the side that played against Leipzig largely full strength a couple of other players mixed in there obviously injuries are playing a part in this as well but it was one where you can maybe swap in three, three four players tops and it would be the side you'd expect to see play against Sunderland. This was a little bit more rotated, and they, I felt they struggled a little bit more in that first half. They just didn't quite get to grips with the game quickly. Um, Werder Bremen caused, caused all sorts of trouble yeah. uh, in that first half. I think as soon as they got a little sniff from the first kind of crossfield ball where they could see the space, they noticed that the wide areas were the place to hit. And Oliver Burke, obviously someone that I've uh, spoken to a couple of times from his Millwall days, I've seen play a lot. I, as I mentioned before, I think his end product maybe not always quite there. He is an absolutely lethal winger. In terms of his pace, in terms of his explosiveness, in terms of his ability to beat a man. Greg Lee, good player, I think. Really had a nightmare with this one, really struggled. I uh, know he gets beaten fairly comfortably for the goal, which just comes as he's just breezed past around the right. He can't keep up with Burke. Cross comes in. Kieran Slicker's obviously in goal for this one because of Christian Walton not being here, which we'll touch on in a bit. Let's talk about uh, quickly now. Is he, now. Can, yeah. can, you, can you can you tell about his injury? That was the name of it. I we can't. can't do the name of it. <laughs> uh, Kieran McKenna told me the name of it. I can't. I 
it's oh, it's on the article. I can't remember the name. He's injured his foot, yes. basically. And we don't really know how bad it's going to be, which is obviously a little bit of a concern. Um, puts Hladki and Slicker as the two, basically, at the moment. So we'll see whether he's fit to uh, start the championship season. But it was Slicker and goal for this one. And if you were worried about not having uh, Walton in goal, then the Slicker moment probably would have concerned you a little bit more cross comes in just goes to grab it slips straight out of his hands it's David Kalnatsky who pops up at the back post just lands on his head pretty much doesn't even need to do anything heads it straight in to make it 1-0 so a frustrating one to go down like that and to be honest the flow of the game really stayed like that a little bit Burke again I think at one point nutmegs Gregley just goes through caused havoc for most of that game there were a few other moments where you're just thinking, wow, they could have had three or four here, but Town make it to half-time intact, largely, uh, apart from one little dent in their armour. So, uh, yeah, McKenna thought it was still a good performance from that, and I get it because Werder Bremen are a good team, there's good players in there, and I understand that perspective, but there's definitely another side to it, which was they struggled in that first half, for sure. But... Um... You mentioned about Greg Lee struggling, but he was the man who scored, well, the winning goal. It was, of course, the game ended 1-1, but the winning goal to clinch the Innsbruck Cup. Um, a nice little finish, him running into the box, Ladapo doing some very good work. Ladapo had a few bad shots during the game. A few um, went over the bar a lot, and there was a few times where I thought, oh, here we go, he's going to score an absolute well here, but he didn't. But um, he was the man who set out Greg Lee, and good goal. Yeah, I mean, we all expected Greg Lee to win town the Innsbruck Cup, didn't yeah. we? Of all players who were going to come up and score the winning goal, or the equalising goal in this case, it was going to be Greg Lee. Um, this came from absolutely nothing. If you thought that um, Hurst's header came from very little, this was just out of the blue. I looked up and all of a sudden it was kind of in the net. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I managed to follow it a little bit. It comes from a throw in Danassian playing it over to Ladapo. I kind of I go on the other side. I thought Ladapo did quite well in this game. I thought he got himself in some good positions. I thought the shots needed power behind them because he, yeah. he was in tough areas. They were kind of narrow angles. He wasn't really working off that much. He was running. He was aggressive. He was powerful. The finishing, yeah, wasn't quite there, but they were difficult positions to try and finish from, so I understand that perspective of it as well. Um, he's the man in this case who has about two players around him, I think takes them onto one side, turns around to the other, shrugs them off. This is maybe the side that George Hurst doesn't have as much. He's not as physical and aggressive yeah. and strong, so that's where Ladapo definitely comes in and offers an alternative. Um, nice little ball, low low cross into the middle for Greg Lee, who, you know what, I, I don't want to take too much away from it. It's a fairly simple finish. It was kind of there <laughs> just to tap it in. Um, but you have to be there to do it. And maybe it shows that he's capable of playing a little bit further up. He was playing quite far up at this point. He's been more of the traditional left back compared to Leif Davis, but he was far up the pitch. He was in the area to tap it in. Um, albeit it was kind of from a, a throwing routine that I'd say Town have probably done a little bit of work on but you, you can't complain and it's one where they've grinded out the result a little bit it was really tough it was a hard watch they are going to have games like that in the championship you know teams like Leicester teams like Leeds Southampton the relegated trio there will be other sides Middlesbrough for example who will be expected to challenge towards the top who are sides that can control possession they're ball playing teams they're fast aggressive sides who will create a lot of chances, who won't let the opposition in with much of a sniff. Playing teams like Werder Bremen give you uh, a good kind of experience to um, have that same, yeah, the same experience really before starting the championship campaign. 
and the fact that Town were able to grind out a draw, it was kind of grinding out a draw. It was a little. They bit went in the laborious. corner, didn't they? They went yeah. into the corner in the end, which mm. you got to do if you want to win the Innsbruck Cup. You got to do that, and that's yeah. what we did. Yeah, exactly. It's it's all about trying to find ways to win, which I feel like the results and the performances were both exactly what McKenna would have wanted. I don't think anyone would have been upset if Town had lost both games and finished bottom of the Innsbruck Cup, knowing the opponents. But at the same time, the, they played really well in both games and they got the results. To have that at the end of pre-season, that's that's exciting. That's what we want to see. So it's all about carrying that on now. At the end of the day, if Town finish in a position they don't want to finish, let's say we don't really, you know, we'll discuss what that might be next week probably. Then no one's going to remember the Innsbruck Cup. If they do well, people might be saying, "Well, we started the season really well because we went to Austria and we played these top teams and performed really well against them, and we carried that into the season." So. I think overall I was a little bit confused when this got announced. I was thinking it's very strange to go back to Austria and play these teams after a hectic pre-season right before the start of the campaign. In hindsight, looks like a really good decision. I think it will really do the club a lot of good going into the first few weeks. Definitely. And um, let's talk about the uh, the celebrations. Um, very low-key, I have to admit. Of course, they did the you know the lift quickly and stuff. Some of the players took it and had some pictures. And then one thing I loved about it, a great touch, and it's pro- you've probably seen it on Twitter, the club put out, um, Janoy Danashian sort of walked over to the, the, the little pack, packet of uh, town fans and he gave the trophy to the fans. And, of course, then the fans celebrated with it, beer flying. And I thought that was a nice little touch. Of course, the fans didn't have to give it back to the players. Um, of course, that will be on, on a, a plane home, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's, I know it's just a, a, a silly you know, trophy, Innsbruck Cup, it's a pre-season trophy, but as you said, you know, you want to be a winning team and beating a team like RB Leipzig is, as you said, a great way to start uh, the season in terms of, you know, we've got Sunderland up next, which is, you know, a very big test. You know, you're the man who knows the whole thing. The Sunderland got to the playoffs in the championship last year. That's going to be a big test, but, um, you know, to end pre-season on a high like that was just, was just perfect, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, Sunderland, I'd say, is probably the worst possible yeah. way that town could start the season because you look at maybe the, the tougher teams in this sense the the ones who come down are all going to be maybe licking their wounds a little bit the others who missed out on promotion for playoffs like a Middlesbrough for example are going to be gutted that they didn't go up Coventry might be the same there'll be other players who'll be upset they didn't make the playoffs at all like a West Brom and, and they might struggle in the early weeks I'd say Sunderland are the exception and again I'm sure we'll touch on this a bit more next week Sunderland are the exception in the fact that they didn't make it out of the playoffs they got in there but they weren't expected to they have a squad about 20 years old average age something absolutely ridiculous they're really really young so it will be a really tough game and I think maybe when the fixtures came out McKenna and the rest of the the coaching staff looked and thought right we need to be ready for this because they are going to be ready their season carried on longer they've had more time or less time rather in this case to, to kind of transition into the new campaign town have obviously gone up in this period then they've got to adjust to a new level Sunderland they're in the same level and they're, they're going to be kind of fresh and ready to go they haven't had much time off they're going to go again um, that will be hard and just having quite an intense pre-season obviously this does round up pre-season now I believe it was 10 games overall off the top of my head which I think was I'll have a think quickly while you I carry think talking. it was I'm going to trying to do this off the top of my head five wins three draws two defeats I believe for pre-season which 
again, you can't really judge the results too much, but at the end of the day, the one thing to look at is it's a lot of games. Yeah. They're, they're playing regularly. They were doing Saturday, Tuesday, they're coming back from Vienna and going to Preston. They'd have two days off and they'd do a double header against Cambridge and Stevenage. They'd have another couple of days off. And they're not even days off because they've got to go in and train. Yeah. And at least we get a breather. Yeah. <laughs> and then they go to, to Colchester and they play Luton. That's a tough test. And then I think pretty much the next day after that, they flew out here and played a Champions League side and a very impressive Bundesliga team. It's high-level stuff. It's demanding. It's a lot of work. And in fairness, they've coped with it really well. I hope that they don't burn out. That is my biggest concern. Yeah. They, they've worked really hard. They've had difficult games and lots of them and a lot of travel. They'll have that in the Championship anyway. That's why they've done it. It's because this is what a Championship season is going to be like. But I hope it's not burned them out too early. Yeah, and uh, of course McKenna and Ashton. Ashton said on Town TV, more business to happen, three or four more players. So watch this space, ladies and gentlemen. Um, well, let's um, follow notes from, from the games as a whole. And of course, we'll bring you the towers of the tour to end the podcast. Um, McKenna just looked like a European manager, doesn't he? Mm. Just how he's just on the touchline, how he's dressed. He looked like he basically looks like a German manager, doesn't he? Because he's just how smartly he wears. He wears tracksuits occasionally, yeah. but for this game... He actually had two different tops on, basically, but when he arrived, he had like a, a black top, um, and then I f completely forgot what the other top was now, the colour. I think it was grey. Grey, yeah, something like that. Um, but he always has the same like trousers, basically, they're like cream trousers, aren't they? But he's just very smartly dressed, and I do like that in a manager. Um, I think, I would, to be fair, a lot of you probably will know, I'll probably be a tracksuit manager anyway, but I do like <laughs> a smartly dressed manager, and he is like that. And um, any other notes from the game? I think um, just, the occasion for the fans you know once again it was so last minute unfortunately this but there was a few that did go um, so shout out to all of you um, especially Lindsay uh, Peter um, James who took part in game day um, there's also a nice moment actually Sam Morsey um, basically throwed um, his shirt into the crowd for a little girl which I thought was a nice little touch um, so shout out to Sam Morsey the skipper because that's just a lovely touch um, and you know players just giving away shirts I think Connor Chaplin I, wanna, I want this question to be asked he actually got an RB Leipzig um, shirt. So I don't know which player it could be. Um, we'll find out maybe, hopefully. We can bring you that. But I, I saw that when I was taking pictures. He didn't have his top on. He had base in his hand. He had the RB Leipzig top. So we'll, we'll find out what he, uh, which player he took. Um, but any other notes from the game? Um, just covering the game as a whole. You know, We're going to go to Sunderland now. We're going to go to the championship grounds. It's going to be very different. Um, and I got a big shout out to some of the Austrian photographers or German photographers because <laughs> they were very friendly. But they didn't realise I was actually English because they kept talking to me in German. I was like, I don't know what you're talking about, mate. I don't know. And they probably didn't understand yeah. my subtle accent either. But um, a shout out to the uh, photographers. There was a lot of photographers, actually. I was surprised um, by that. But yeah. Anyway, any, any other notes? The outfit one's interesting, isn't it? it I, I have a question to ask you in this case. And I don't kind of want to put ideas into fans' heads about, let's say, Wembley in this case. If, if Tam mm. were to make it to Wembley, then would Kieran McKenna wear a suit? I think so. I think so. We don't want to have the curse, do you? Would you wear a suit? No. Oh. I, no, no. Adas, boys Adas. Yeah, boy Adas. Okay, fair don't suit. Yeah. Um, I, I think this has now become like the main thing in my head. This is the main takeaway <laughs> from this entire trip. He, he gives me, um, McKenna gives me some slight Julian Nagelsmann vibes. Yeah, the yeah. young manager who's not really had a playing career as such. I mean, I believe McKenna's was injured due to injury, wasn't yeah. it, quite early on. Uh, Nagelsmann I've not really I don't think played too much either fashionable tactical statistical loves analysing the games in great depth yes. very very precise 
yeah, I can definitely see where you got the kind of McKenna is a very European manager. I can see that one. Um, any other takeaways? Don't get too ahead of yourselves, I guess. I, we've obviously heard all the add a star to the badge kind of stuff. <laughs> you, yeah, it, it's all it's all a bit of fun. I, I I think it's been a great occasion. I think everyone's enjoyed it. I think even the people who have followed along at home, I think everyone else has, has like enjoyed watching, enjoyed listening, and reading about this because it has been a very unique experience. Um, the real work starts next week. The players are going to fly back with us this afternoon, yeah. I believe. They'll go back into training on Monday, and then it's straight ahead to Sunderland. And that's really, you know, I, I think if Town lost every preseason game and won that one, no one would bat an eyelid, no one would care. The preseason games are all well and good, but it's going to be about now transitioning that into the league campaign. That's all that really matters is making sure that Town are able to compete at the top end of the stadium. Stadium? Top end of the table. I'm seeing stadium yeah, we're, yeah, there. we're sitting outside and I'm just looking as we're walking past um, so yeah I think that that's that's the biggest thing it has to be a transition it has to be that pre-season has been to achieve a positive start and a fast start because the worst thing would be towns finding themselves towards the bottom of the table early on they're a mixture in terms of the games I'd say a few easy a few hard so we'll go and look at that next week Sunderland, the hard start, maybe some of the ones after that, they'll look at and think, right, we can get something from these games. And they'll be expected to do that, and fingers crossed, based on what we've seen, you know, barring a couple of sluggish performances earlier on in pre-season, which you can expect, they're now going to be up to full speed. Get the training session in, in the next week, make sure that they're prepared for Sunderland, who play a very unique style. They've obviously lost a key player in Amad Diallo, going back to parent club Man United. They've signed well. Um, it will be a massive task for them, but I know that there is a real buzz and a real sense of confidence, especially from this preseason. Yeah, Queensbrook Cup winners, of course, and there was one chant that fans did: "Champions League, you're having a laugh," <laughs> uh, which is just a standard British chant, of course, which is great to see. Uh, well, Alex, game's done. Yeah. Um, now let's do some towels of the tour because uh, it's just been me and you. Um, Young Guns on tour. Of course, Stuart Watson not here with us. Of course, he was here for the first Austrian trip. Um, I think there was probably some concerns probably from Stu and Mark of like, will we get lost? Yeah. Will I lose something? Because, um, yeah, you're younger than me, but you probably were my carer for this trip. But I think we've helped each other out, actually. I think we've both had moments where we've like done stupid things. Um, do you want to start with a, a towel from the tour as a microbike um, decides to drive right past us and it sounds yeah. very loud? Hopefully that wasn't too loud. But yeah, your first tail of the tour. Um, I think the one that stands out, we had, we had all these notes, we don't have them anymore, so that's just a brilliant start for this. Uh, the one that stands out probably the most, I would say, is the fact that... I, I remember Mark said when I met, I met him a, a few days ago, he was saying... You're going to have to be the the one, the, the the responsible one, on this tour, and maybe in some aspects, fair enough. In others, maybe less so. Um, the one thing that I've always found is that when we're in like a cafe situation or when we need to talk to someone, I kind of stand back and I go, Ross, do you want to go do this? Um, now you mentioned that <laughs> uh, people couldn't understand your Suffolk accent when you were talking to the uh, the Austrian locals around here but you weren't speaking in an Austrian accent were you because you'd go up to everyone and you'd just end up going oh hello uh, <laughs> table for two please we sit here 
Oh, can we we get drink? Drink beer? <laughs> and the, or the, the stuff I got, so we go out the window, it would be this anglicised German <laughs> that was just a very weird mix that made you sound like a German tourist in England. Um, yeah, so I didn't. I I don't know where this idea of you being uh, you having your strong Suffolk twangs kind of come from yeah. because that that immediately vanished. But uh, it was enjoyable every time I just stand back and watch you negotiate. I'm not sure what those Werder fans would have yeah. thought when you were talking to them about holding the camera. Yeah, we yeah. did get there and we found some nice places yeah. to eat. So I think complain. what what I always worry is the accent slash. I sometimes can speak a bit fast, and I think if I speak too fast, they won't understand at all. Like even if they can speak English, so I try to slow it down, but then I decide to put an accent on. I don't know why. <laughs> uh, so that is the, yeah maybe one of the main tale from the tour is me trying to basically speak in an Austrian or German accent, but um, it just sounds very just slow. Um, but I want to quickly talk. Um, about breakfast and the food we've had here and have a towel for the tour um, because of course we had some Austrian food in the first night we had some good old schnitzel yeah. um, that was nice although I think it does I think Austrian food or just some European food sometimes just lack that extra bit of side dishes don't they mm. they had like a potato it was cold the cold like mayonnaise potato mm. we there's probably going to be someone who like knows a lot about German culture who's watching this or listening to this. They're just going to think we sound like absolute idiots. Yeah. We're talking about, oh yes, the cold potatoes that tasted of mayonnaise. But yeah, it maybe would have been quite nice to have a little bit more variety on there. The schnitzel's colossal, so maybe it kind of makes up for yeah. it. But I, yeah, I agree. Yeah, because maybe could just, we could have ordered just some chips on the side if we want to, <laughs> but I think we just... We're, we just pointed, basically, we went, I want that one. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, schnitzel, you, you, that's very much, you yeah. know, internationally you know you know what that is pretty yeah. much um, and but breakfast has been solid um, as we said in the, earlier in the podcast um, ham and eggs just solid good bakery up the road from our hotel because um, I said we've been wandering about we're trying to find different places and that's just been solid and um, you had a bit of an issue with the orange juice didn't you yeah I just had to push a button <laughs> all I had to do was push the button and I was staring at this machine I think because when we were in Vienna at the airport the guy did some sort of very intricate cleaning thing yeah. where he had this thing and he started doing that then he moved everything about and it looked like a similar machine and I was thinking oh my god they're going to want me to do this by myself and the woman came over and she was like do you need help doing this and I just went yeah 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 yeah, absolutely she grabbed a glass and pressed the button it filled up filled up with orange juice and I thought oh yeah okay I'll do the next one she's like no I'm doing it now you've, you've, you've got me over here I'll do it so that was a little bit embarrassing but I mean it was a good find from you because I found the dinner place which I thought was good the breakfast one in fairness the fact we went twice is a really good spot so I was very happy with that one yeah reasonable prices as well so if you're ever in Innsbruck um, what's the place called again? I think it's Ritz, Ritz something like that Ritz I think Ritz. it's yeah. yeah I think Ritz R-U-E-T-Z I believe there's one apparently in the airport we've been told so we'll be going there for a second breakfast in a bit I'm sure uh, that was lovely let's get them to sponsor the pod so that'd be great yeah and you <laughs> get another spot pod sponsor to add to the list get get some uh, Austrian backing I'd say sounds good love that yeah I love ham and eggs just solid choice <laughs> um, talking about drink um, of course we had some beers of course to um, both nights which is to sort of celebrate um, the end of the evening and all that always good um, I did another Ross thing um, I wanted some water and I bought some sparkling water again. Once yeah, again, all over again. Yeah, it, basically it was. Um, once again, I know I could read the label, but you just you look at it and go, "That looks like water." I picked it up, I went for it, and once again, I've got nothing against sparkling water, 
but not if I'm dehydrated or I just want something you know nice and just cool to drink. Sparkling water, I don't mind if I'm having it with like a meal or something, but not when I just need when I'm thirsty. Um, so I did that again. Um, so yeah, I, I drank it in the end, but just the second time in a row when I've been in Austria, sparkling water. So now I'm reading labels properly to make sure it says still. Um, we had pizza last night. I think second time in a row in Austria, yeah. we had pizza for dinner. I think basically it was a pizza... Because it absolutely... I'm going to say it. It pissed it down last <laughs> night. Yeah. We just about escaped it because um, we left the ground, like always, we're the last one to leave. Uh, I would say we're the first one to arrive, but that's probably wrong because there's a lot of people who have to open yeah. up the stadium to get there first. But um, we were pretty much the last p- people to, to leave the stadium, um, which was a nice little, just little moment, weren't we? A little moment, which is like... It's been a great time. Yeah. Um, and we're like, what do we fancy? What do we fancy? And we didn't want to go too far because we were just knackered. We still had, Alex still had to do, he's written pizza, had to do other little bits yeah. and bobs. And we just went, pizza, place there. You know what you're going to get. And it was actually a really nice pizza, but it was filling. And we did take it home. Um, and yeah, it's we're not going to take it back to England. But uh, we did take it back to our hotel yeah. rooms. Um, but it was, it was nice, but very filling. You say that we knew what to expect. We didn't really expect them to come over with two giant pizzas. And yeah. Then you went and ordered chips. Uh, I, at the time, I was like, oh, he's going to get chips to share. That's all right. No, Ross did not get chips to share. Ross got one each, which uh, I think we had about a quarter of overall. Yeah. And then we asked them to put it into a little takeaway bag where we took them back to the hotel. And I don't think either of us have touched it since. No. So, uh, But it was nice to have a little bit of space to shelter as well because we've got bit of stormy weather here in Innsbruck I think it was raining quite heavily overnight storming a little bit you can see the clouds kind of you might be able to see it a little bit formed a bit over the mountains over here this sign here with the yard oh the bus is now ruining the shot but yeah if you see this sign and you look up that is the cloud that basically that white bit there which is yeah. that's what a cloud is. Very low. Yes, that is what a cloud is. Thank you for pointing out, just in case the viewers are a little bit unfamiliar, to what clouds look like. They look like uh, cotton wool in this case. Yes. Uh, yeah, very low. I didn't really expect it to be down this low. Um, it really was nightmarish weather, and I was very happy that this was a restaurant that was literally down the road from where we were staying. That was very nice. So, again, another good pick, I think. A very filling pick. Maybe a bit of a shame we didn't end with Austrian food. We did in a way because we had the Austrian breakfast. So you can't complain too much. And I just think we made the most of it. It's nice to do that. Yeah, and of course, um, we mentioned I mentioned on the behind the scene video, which should be online soon, um, I showed you our hotel room. And a big shout out to Stuart Watson who organised it because it was a very good hotel. Um, very spacious. Um, so check that out on the behind the scenes video if you want to see the hotel room. Did you also have this thing where in the bathroom there was a map of Innsbruck yes. on the sliding door? I like that. And it literally has all the places at the top. It has it numbered as like all the places you can go. It has it all in great detail. It was I've never seen anything like that. It was a really nice hotel. Uh, Binders Budget City. If you're ever in Innsbruck, definitely. That would be uh, our pick, especially if you're coming to a game down here. Uh, really good find. Definitely. Well, um, hope you enjoyed the podcast. Live in Austria 2.0. Um, Alex, to, to wrap up the pods, um, it's just been a great a great journey for this mm-hmm. pre-season. We've gone to Vienna, gone to Preston, done Stevenage, Cambridge together, now in Innsbruck. Um, what a way to start your your career here with Kings of Anglia and EAATT. Um, final words. I, I was going to put you on a spot, but I'm not going to. Or do you want me to put you on a spot? What were you going to ask? 
Now, you've seen all the players now in the flesh. Have you got a favourite already? Oh, once again, you can't nickname oh. players, but is there a player uh, who sort of stood out where you're like, I like him? Because I think all of us have got boys on this team. You know, I, I, like, I, I like Connor Chow, I like Sam Morsey, they're my boys. Um, but who's sort of like one that stands out for you? You've interviewed a few now, um, but anybody in particular you like, when you see him play, you really like? Is this like players that I've spoken to that I... No, I just, 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 just basically like what you've watched, them. yeah. Nathan Broadhead, yeah, of course. my Goodness of course, he wasn't um, here for this yeah, trip. Missed out, unfortunately, with a quad injury. I think they're optimistic he'll get back into the Sunderland game. But what I've seen from him, uh, especially in... I mean, you know, he kind of almost scored in a way. We don't really know. We might have to find out who technically did score I don't goal. think he had the touch. I don't think he had the touch, but he was involved. At least he was there. He was absolutely exceptional against Preston. Uh, the little backheel flick of Connor Chaplin way drifting. Really like Leif Davis. I think he's um, a unique player. He does a really difficult role and he does it well. Um, it's, it's hard for him. He's got to do a lot there. Um, anyone else that really stands out? Based on pre-season, and again, he's not someone that's, that's played too much for town, I think we do need to have a special word for Don Ball. Yes, he's obviously yeah. struggled a lot with injuries. Um, well, not really a lot because I believe that the one he had last season was his first in 10 years is what he said. Um, but he's been, I mean, the Swiss Army knife of town. Right back, centre back, centre mid, all over the place. Play him up top, play him in goal, I'm sure. Uh, I, I'm really impressed with him. I think he's just very solid, and it takes a lot to be solid in a load of different positions at this kind of level, especially coming back from an injury. So he's definitely someone who's caught the eye in pre season, too. Yeah, I think he's probably a standout performer, definitely this pre season. And um, of course, that was a question mark of we've got too many midfielders <laughs> uh, who could leave and stuff, but he's gone and played in those positions. So shout out to Don Ball. Uh, well, Alex, we've got to um, head back to a hotel to check out, um, sort, of, sort of chill for a sec, and then, of course, we're going to head to the to the airport to fly home back to the UK to get ready to cover the championship season um, final words Alphavida Zane and all that yeah does that work yeah, yeah. let's do this we, I think there's a lot of confidence around this club going into the championship season I think we're all a little bit knackered so I think the week going into Sunderland will be nice to have a bit of a breather we get to do our preview podcast I'm sure yes. at some point as well so it's a nice chance to take a step back from what has been a very intense few weeks. A great start. I didn't expect to go to Austria twice after starting up here. So, do we get to do that every week? Do we know? Do we? Sadly not. Is there, is there uh, a regular, a regular yeah. thing that we get to do. But Mark's just going to be like, all right, lads, so we're going to go out to Spain this time. Yeah. Um, just, just say so you no, know, Mark, if you're watching. That's, I think that's what we'd like. Um, so yeah, fantastic preseason. Really enjoyable. I hope that Town have more like this in the next few years similar structures where it's done of course it's done to benefit the players and the management and all the staff but it's good fun for the fans as yeah. well I think anyone who's come on the, the two foreign trips has had a great time even those who kind of did the, the wacky races between Cambridge and Stevenage stuff like that it's unique it's different the championship season can get very repetitive and very draining and demanding this has been a bit different and a bit fun so I've really enjoyed it yeah, me too, my friend. Young Guns on tour. It's a wrap. Thanks for watching from Austria. Uh, it's, been, it's been a pleasure to bring you all this great content. Uh, of course, um, check out all the stuff online, all the other videos. Um, of course, we'll be back for another bumper podcast um, to look ahead to the championship season. Sunderland game. 
bring it on. And big shout out to our sponsors, of course, Manscaped. Use the code Cowway, get 20% off and free delivery for all your Manscaped stuff. You've got the, the new trimmer thing for yeah. your beards. Uh, Mark's done that as well. Yeah, so, um, yeah. I've given it a go already. We've got a few bits in there. I've not got through all of it yet. We go to the trimmer, go not too much here. I've done the sides a bit, yeah. which I'll need to do a bit more. I haven't taken it with me, so I need to explore a bit more of the kits in the next few weeks. But I've had a little go. Some of the balm, some of the. I've used the trimmer really good. Uh, don't do what Mark did and set it on the wrong setting, yeah. but um, that's a fantastic bit of kit. Yeah. And of course, for your Google needs, Google Ads, SEO, and all that jazz, Ginger Pickle are the people for you. Tony Southgate and the team will help you out. Big shout out to them as always. And um, yeah. That's it. Another podcast in the bag. Uh, we're going to go to a hotel. Thanks again for watching and listening to another KOA podcast. If you haven't already, of course, follow us on all our socials at Kings of Anger, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, all that sort of stuff, and leave us a five-star review. We'd like to see more of those. Let, let us know your thoughts on this covering of Austria. Alex, his sort of debut so far, and all that jazz. But thanks again for listening and watching. Bye for now. Bye for now.